The opposite of depression is expression. Dr. Edith Eager, Holocaust survivor, psychologist, and author. Today's episode is sort of an address to my community of folks who I know have survived years of environmental stress and trauma. I'm going to briefly introduce adverse childhood experiences, why negative core beliefs stick to us while we're young, and why I think so many of us could benefit from doing therapy. So thank you for tuning in, and I really hope that you stick around. What's good, podcast listeners? My name is Jason Jamera. I'm a registered nurse hailing from the East Bay area of California with a soul for ethnic studies and community advocacy, channeling my career and passion in mental health as an avenue to make change and promote wellness. Currently in Philly, trained to be a psychiatric mental health NP. While this podcast is not a substitute for professional therapy, the focus of this series is to shine light on and provide my folks back home with helpful therapeutic techniques and understandings of shared day-to-day mental health experiences as they intersect with different backgrounds, from professions to cultural narratives and other identities. So let's get started. Trigger warning for trauma, violence, and suicide. So as a first-generation Filipino child of immigrants, and as a male raised in the Bay Area, we grew up with the mindset that we can't talk about our feelings, that we have to bottle it up. For Filipinos, we can't talk about our opinions to elders, or we can't talk back about anything. We have to assimilate into this idea of shutting up and just keeping the peace, no matter how angry you are. Bay folks, dog, we're taught to roll it up in a wood and let it go. Because what? It's weak to have emotions? That if you share how you feel, then now your business is in the streets? And so we stay in silence harboring this pain until it erupts. Man, I want to change this mindset. I'm tired of seeing my loved ones suffer with these issues on their own. Issues from self-doubt to worthlessness to traumas of childhood abuse, getting chased with a knife around your own home, and we're being taught that as Filipinos we can't talk about this to just keep these family issues quiet? Traumas of bullying, of being made to believe you'll never amount to anything, of exposure to substance use and violence that we just perceive as normal now when it's really not for other folks? Bro, why are we getting used to seeing our first bodies get caught by middle school. You know, these are traumas that we are experiencing. This is trauma that we are harboring in our bodies and just completely living as if we've never really experienced anything bad. Look, a 1990-something study, I don't know the exact date, but late 90s study at Kaiser looked into this thing called adverse childhood experience or ACE. And these ACEs can include anything from childhood abuse, sexual abuse as a child, neglect, constant criticism, exposure to substance use or mental health in the household, divorce, death of a parent, living in poverty, amongst many other factors. I would even consider COVID and this entire experience in this pandemic with all the social stressors and racial injustice going on. These are racial traumas. As we witness all these events that are happening, we are ingraining in our minds that we 
are not lovable, or that we do not belong, or that we are worthless. And all these aces that I just spoke about have been tried and studied in different communities, not even just low socioeconomic neighborhoods, even in affluent white neighborhoods. If they exist there, they really just exist in general. But we know that under-resourced neighborhoods such as Watts, East Oakland, Southside Chicago, West and North Philly all have high risk of this. And what happens is when you have these number of ACEs building up in your body, you are proven to be more at risk of having higher mental health issues from depression to anxiety to bipolar to PTSD to schizophrenia. You are proven to have higher rates of cardiovascular disease, diabetes, obesity. You're higher at risk to become a smoker, to be involved in substance use disorder. You're at higher risk of having a low income, having uh, less academic success. You are at risk of having poorer relationships, to not be able to build trustworthy, loving relationships to the fullest, all because of these things you experienced as a child, none of them being your fault. I'm sorry, I know that was a lot to take in, so let's take a breath. Look, these have been studied on a widespread scientific basis. And so I want you to know that you do not have to keep going through this alone. There are community groups and there's professional help. Therapy is an avenue to really learn how to just regain and reclaim yourself and to reframe these narratives that have been created throughout your life. You're not worthless. You're not incompetent. It's not your fault that that happened to you as a child. If you made a mistake in the past, that was a mistake you made in the past. And you are not responsible for the things that people did to you or the way people reacted to you. But as children, it is so easy for our minds to start believing that it is. Oftentimes as children, we develop this thing called core beliefs and these can either be negative or positive but oftentimes we hold on to the negative ones and these shape how we react to ourselves and our emotions and our experiences our loved ones anything that somebody says to us the way that we react to any issue that we might face in the world a stressor and it's all because as a kid we were told something negative from either a parent, a teacher, another kid on the playground or something, or just from our environment. As children, we are so easy to internalize, meaning that we will grab that idea and put it deep into our souls and let that become part of who we think we are. And then now when we respond to issues, we have these automatic thought patterns that actually make that core belief become true. So let's say my core belief is that I'm incompetent because as a child, somebody constantly told me that I was going to be a failure and that I never did this right or that right or that I just didn't belong in this society. Now, when I come face to face with an issue or a stressor, 
If I make a mistake, my first thought will be something that tells me that I am not worth it. It will say something like, Ah, man, I should have never even tried this. I knew I was going to fail all along. This is why I'm such a piece of sh... You know? And it's just proving this core belief right. Even if it's based in lies that we've told ourselves because of what we experienced so long ago. Another example is if you were abandoned as a child. Let's say one of your parents left or your parents got a divorce. You will start to ingrain into your soul that you were the reason that they, they left or that you are unlovable. And so now every single relationship that you go into following this is going to lead to attachment issues in which you kind of constantly think that they're going to leave you. Or that they're going to abandon you. Or that you can't trust them. Because maybe they will leave just like everyone else. And you are trying to prove these core beliefs right so bad. These core beliefs can make it so hard for us to sit with ourselves in the entirety of who we are. Tell me, does it ever get hard to look at yourself in the mirror? Because I want to let you know that you can unlearn this that you can work on this to not think this way anymore and it's definitely not like oh just be happy nah you don't just tell a diabetic person to suddenly tell their insulin to quit tripping no they have to do lifelong maintenance they have to change lifestyle routines and they really work on it it's not so far different with your mental health with your trauma with your experiences. I started off with a quote by the Holocaust survivor, now psychologist and amazing author, Edith Eager. She says, the opposite of depression is expression. She proves that the human mind is able to work through trauma. She being somebody who has experienced, lived through one of the most atrocious human indignities known to our history in which she would get her hopes up over and over again that they would have freedom when really those people were being sent to an incineration chamber. She's somebody who was constantly told that her existence doesn't belong on this planet and there are still populations and communities till this day who are being told that. Honestly, we see this infliction of trauma carrying on today. Oftentimes, people associate trauma with this idea that you have to have seen someone get shot or like you have to have gone to war in order to have trauma. Those are traumatic experiences, yes. But trauma can build inside of you from repeated exposure to negative and harmful toxic situations and environments from constantly dealing with racism or homophobia, or any other harm to your entire identity that you've dealt with throughout your entire life. And the thing is that we often, we often retract our feelings inside. We bottle ourselves up in response to this trauma and all these daily life stressors. 
We hold it in. And that's human. But at the same time, that only results in hurting yourself. It's like holding on to poison. And that poison will just like linger in your body and then have like a whole exacerbating effect whenever a new stress comes on or a stress that is familiar comes on into your life. And all our cultural norms, all of our gender roles, they've always ingrained in us that we should just suck it up, be a man about it, or quit being such an emotional woman. Sick of this stuff, man. We choose to distract and temporarily forget our problems and our issues and our mental health rather than process and heal and grow permanently. I used to escape from my issues through traveling and through partying. You know, I, I, I hid it in this identity that it was a sense of success, that I was making it because I could do these things. When really it was me escaping so much of who I am and what I've built up inside. And I know so many of us, we put it in a blunt, we light it up, we put it away, we sip on some Henny and, you know, I don't want you to beat yourself up for doing that or for being in the place that you are right now. Sometimes I believe what was right for you at that time was right for you at that time. There's a psychiatrist, his name is Dr. Pewter. His view on smoke and drow is like, hey, you're in an ocean and you're stuck in that ocean. There was nothing else for you until you saw this log and you held onto this log for dear life. That log is your drow and that was what kept you afloat at that time. But eventually you see a boat coming and you can't take that log with you, but you want to. You really want to, but you can't. And do you hop on that boat and then move forward in life or do you just stay floating on that log? It's something to think about. You know, I, I, I took that into my own life where it's just like, yeah, like my vices, I, I used that at that time to help me out because that was the only thing I had at that time. But eventually you have to move forward. And you have to process all the things that you're feeling. And you have to grow from it. Addressing all those issues that you've gone through life, talking about your feelings, man, that's not weak. I don't even consider vulnerability as a weakness. I think of it as courageous. Because look, in a sense, you're confronting an entire lifetime of experiences. You are confronting history whether it's your culture's history or your own family history or your personal or relationship history. You're taking a look into your thought patterns. You're taking a look into the patterns that have repeated in your family cycles from ideas of cutoffs to codependency. You know, these things repeat within our families because we see it and we learn it and we internalize it and then we repeat it onto the next person until you identify it and you learn how to move forward from it. But these are things that you've held on to your entire life. And I understand that that can make people nervous. You know? And I just want to say that trust that a trained provider is aware of this 
and is on your side to work with your goal. Not just to impose what they think on you, but to work with what your goal is. Whether that's to make your marriage stronger, whether that's to help you overcome loneliness, whether that's to help you stop like sabotaging yourself. And sometimes that does mean having to dig into your past, but it's more so important to understand where your thoughts are right now and how to move forward from them. Why do you feel the same way that you do about yourself over and over and over again? Why do you sabotage yourself over and over and over again? Why are you so hypervigilant? And there's reasons for that. It's because you experience something that's real. You know, yes, there's a genetic component to all of this. But our experiences can often trigger that genetic component. Some people have a short allele and a long allele. These are like genes. And if you have a short allele, then you're less able to adapt to stress. That's just, unfortunately, a genetic component. And some people have that. That's why some people are able to come out of the hood and feel that higher sense of resilience. Meanwhile, there are people who maybe didn't have as rough of a childhood, but they're still unable to genetically adapt and process all of that stress. And I believe that mental health therapy can help us learn to function adequately to get us over these humps. And yes, I understand that many of us will be still returning to our own home settings, to our own neighborhood environments that continue to trigger these traumas and these stressors for us. Here's the thing. It's not meant to be just the only answer for it, but it is there to help assist you so that you can continue functioning adequately through it in association with all your other needs, whether that's food safety, housing, job securement, ability to engage in social environments safely and securely. Mental health is about encompassing all of that. Therapy is meant to meet you where you're at in life, in mindset. And we have so many connections with social workers who try their best to engage you in the resources that you need. And all of that is entangled together. And my role specifically, while I can still do therapy and CBT, uh, is going to involve a lot of prescribing medications as an NP. And contrary to what a lot of entertainment says, I, I believe that there are a lot of people who can really benefit from medications. Because I see the purpose of medications as stabilizing you when you are in a place that others do not understand. Medications allow us to see a light of the world that we were not able to experience before. Maybe we weren't eating. Maybe we weren't sleeping right. Maybe we lost interest and couldn't get ourselves to get up in the morning anymore. Maybe we want to kill ourselves. Maybe we want to kill somebody else. Maybe we're hearing voices that are telling us to do something. Maybe we are uh, feeling like somebody, the TV is talking to us or that we're seeing something that's not there. 
Maybe we have constant mood swings and we get ourselves in these manic phases of which we can't control our impulses and our energy anymore and we kind of put ourselves in harmful situations. These are occasions where I believe medications are meant to stabilize you into a safe space so that we can do the inner work, so that we can work on all these other needs. It all works hand in hand. And yeah, I do believe that there are people who are over-medicated in the world. And that's why I think it's important that you are also engaged in therapy while being on medication so that we can taper you off the medications as needed. And a lot of times, there's people who literally just need somebody to talk to because they are stressed. They can benefit from therapy. They can benefit from a community group with people who they identify with so that they can just hear other stories and share their stories. And so I would refer that rather than a med. And we'll have a whole episode on this because, you know, it's a lot to take in. There's so many different forms of medications. And man, I'm from the Bay Area. I I get it. A lot of us are just like, I well, why don't I just sip on something? Why don't I just smoke a wood? It's the same thing as medicating me, right? And no, not exactly. You see, it's about the exact neurotransmitter that the medication hits. And so we're basing it down to the current scientific studies of it. So yeah, some studies have shown that there are medications out there that actually uh, work in a way in which they can provide long-term benefits in which the body actually or the brain structure actually changes and you might not actually need the medication anymore. That's certain cases. Meanwhile, there's other medications like Xanax, which are temporary fixes. Medically, it was meant to work as an anxiolytic, meaning that's an anti-anxiety medication. Studies later found out that one it lasts very short term in the body, so it becomes ridiculously addicting. Uh, we are currently in an epidemic when it t- comes to Xanax, and we are trying to basically undo a lot of mistakes of the past. And that's the thing. Healthcare is always changing so rapidly. Something that was okay five years ago might not be okay right now. So maybe maybe we'll see some studies, and then We'll see what can go on from there. But right now, what we know is that these temporary fixes are just temporary fixes or can worsen symptoms of psychosis, which is unfortunately why a lot of people self-medicate for. It can also lead to worsening anxiety and depression when you are sober and when you don't have a substance at hand. And let's say, honestly, bro, if you are trying to get into therapy and you're like, oh, bet I don't want to do this anymore because they don't tell me to quit and everything, like... That's not the focus unless that's what your focus is. Uh, Therapy is always meant to meet you where you're at. And I think if you really just want to like work on your mood and work on like kind of getting life straightened out uh, because you're just feeling so much stress in your life and then your relationships and at work, then that will be the focus. The point is that we try to escape so much rather than get legitimate help and do the actual work of processing what we've experienced in childhood, what we experience right now, and how to move forward and how to grow from it so that we don't keep beating ourselves up and telling us that we are nothing but worthless pieces of shit or that we'll never find that partner that we want or that we'll never be happy or that we'll never be able to escape our mental illness. Because I know there are so many of us who keep saying that, 
I know that there are so many of us who say, I did this mistake back in the day and I will never be able to escape it without dying. And that's not true. We have to learn how to process this. And I know this is a lot, so let's take a deep breath. So a therapist is there to work with your goals. And when we outwardly express ourselves in a safe space with non-biased professional feedback during therapy, that poison I was talking about in the beginning, we learn to let go of that. You know, and it's not only just about knowing what your trauma is or what your problem or whatever you want to call it is. It's about learning how to move forward from it. How to feel really at peace in where you are, despite it. When we go to therapy, we learn to reshape our dysfunctional thoughts about ourselves and the world around us. We learn to cope, respond, and embrace our natural human emotions in healthy ways. We learn to improve our relationships with ourselves and our loved ones. We learn to take action towards long-term change. And we learn to find peace in just being. In being and existing. It doesn't require a severe episode to deem yourself a candidate for therapy. You know, all of us have inner work to realize and process. There's a reason we all emotionally react the way we do. And... Like I said, these can often be linked to these genetic predispositions affecting our brain's ability to adapt to stress or fear. These can be linked to adverse childhood experiences, trauma, and toxic environments, or a combination of all of them being triggered by what our current work situation, relationship, or general life stress is like. And when we choose to address it through methods such as therapy, we are choosing to grow. We are choosing to unravel all of these issues within our head. We are choosing to learn how to adapt, how to stabilize, and how to maintain ourselves over this. And just know that there are so many different styles and forms of therapy that have been developed over time to really be personable to you and what you're going through. And so a responsible practitioner should refer you to the places that you need to go. And you can also look into them yourself. Because I believe it's so important to develop that therapeutic relationship with your therapist. I think it's so important to really be able to trust the space that you're in. To feel safe and secure to the person that you are sharing so much of your life with. And honestly, in this generation, I feel like the therapists are so well-trained in terms of letting go of any implicit biases and not trying to enforce any of their own goals or their own ideas upon you, but really to work with your goals and who you are as an individual so that what you need and what your goals are can really manifest. But for me personally, I've always had a therapist of color. One was a black woman, one was a Spanish woman. Even though they don't identify with me as a Filipino person, I just felt safe in those spaces to really comfortably share who I am and work on everything that I need to unlearn and unravel. (laughs) Like straight up, to be honest, now at this point, 
with me and my therapist, it dang near feels more like a mentor system than like therapy session sometimes. Um, you know, it's still therapeutic where I'm able to share stuff that I'm going through this week, but it's sort of become more of a, dang, let's work off of this idea. And then maybe we can like work on the field in this idea. Like we just bounce these ideas back and we're like, we're flourishing. And that's like the level of comfort that we've been able to develop over time. So that's an example of, you know, how comfortable therapy can become. But back when I was still going through a whole lot more like relationship issues, self-worth issues, just not really understanding what I want to do with myself and my life, like career issues back when I was in LA, bro, my therapist was like seeing me at my worst. (laughs) For all my warrior fans out there, this is my little metaphor. My LA therapist was my Mark Jackson seeing me at my low point and picking me up from there. But then she didn't get to see like where I'm at right now, where I right now I'm in Philly and my current therapist is like Steve Kerr picking up this like prime Draymond and Clay and Steph <laughs> and all we're doing is creating wins like we're just creating championships right now all right this is, this is such a dumb metaphor I'm sorry <laughs> but honestly that's kind of like what it feels right now with me and my therapist it feels like it's sort of a creative space now where all I'm doing is moving forward and creating forward and bouncing back ways that we can keep building this field and ways that I can keep building on myself And that's what I want for you. I want to see you flourish. I want to see you just getting win after win. And even when you lose, I want you to be able to like say, oh yeah, I'm going to win the next one though. It's all good. We lose some when we come back up. I want to see you flourish mentally, emotionally. I want to see you flourish by yourself and in your relationships. I want to see your soul being nourished. (sighs) Boy. Flourish, nourish. The kid just spit a bar, you feel me? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but honestly, what I really want is to really see you be able to have that growth. And I know that a lot of the community that I'm trying to reach out to and tap in with right now don't exactly have the best access to care or health insurance. So there's a couple things that I could recommend. One is that there are sliding scale clinics where you will be charged based on what your income is. And these exist throughout inner cities. So if you know of some and you want me to like share and post about them, tap in and let me know in your area. I know that there are also apps such as Talkspace and BetterHelp where you can have access to a therapist just through your phone. And, you know... I think those work just as well. So it really, truly is a privilege to be able to have access to mental health care, honestly. And if you have it, yo, milk it. Get the most out of it that you can. And let's say that you still can't afford those sliding scales or really uh, can't afford those apps or whatnot. Then I'll just advise, you know, tap in with, your podcast, tap in with uh, some audiobooks. Currently, I'm reading The Body Keeps a Score by Vessel Vonnekoch, which is all about PTSD and trauma. It's a little on the very clinical side. Something I recommend is 
Feeling Good by Dr. David Burns, which is actually studied and proven to help reduce depression just from reading it. So there are resources out there and I'm going to try to keep kind of putting them on and like try to put, put them out there so people can tap into those resources. And if you know community groups where people can meet, a men's group, a women's group, a trans group, whatever identity group where people can share their traumas, their uh, experiences, what they're going through right now, and also be a healing ear for other people. It's called altruism, when you heal by healing others. It's what AA does, and so if you know other community orgs that do this, please share that with me so that I can share with other people. And if you're looking for something like that, an easy place to find it is actually tapping in with a therapist and just saying, hey, do you know a group where I can find this? Social workers are also really great resources for any type of these uh, community engagement resources that you need. So reach out and I'll be one of those resources for you as well, as much as I can. So honestly, like if you are trying to figure out how to navigate the system, let me know and I'll help guide your entire pathway through. I'll, I'll learn your entire insurance system or I'll try to figure out what's in your area if you can't get access and you need it through more of a public setting. Just let me know. I'll do what I can to really help you get coordinated with that because I really believe in it so much. And so if you're a therapist listening or if you know a therapist, especially of a non-dominant culture, please tap in. And I'll connect you with some folks who could really use your help. You can contact me at Your Mind, Your Narrative on Instagram and at Your Mind, Your Narrative at gmail.com. So tap in. Let me know what you're thinking of the podcast. Let me know if there's something you want to talk about or you want to hear about or if you just have a critique. And I love to listen. So thank you all for tuning in. And if no one's told you this today, remember that you are loved, you are worthy and you belong in this space. Peace. All right, so at the end of every episode, I'm going to have a segment called Support Your Friends. And I firmly believe that you should always be putting on for your friends, family, and community members, businesses, brands, and other ventures. So today, if you are an artist or somebody looking to get videography done for whatever it is you're trying to produce, then tap in with my guy, underscore Kiko Valle. That is underscore K-I-K-O-V-A-L-L-E on Instagram. He has done work, incredible music videos with artists such as Pilo and Guapdad4000, and he is just building and building till this day. Very proud of the kid. So if you're looking to pay for quality production, Tap in with Kiko Valle and tell Yerba Mate to sponsor him. Cheers, everyone.